Welcome back to another episode of Everyone is Stupid Except Us. I'm Ross. And I am ill-prepared. And uh, we are a little bit late with this episode because I had a lot of theatrical stuff and I didn't have any spare time to even spare an hour to do this. Not not that often. Anyway, we're busy folk. We're we're tremendously busy people. But I'm we not, have a couple I've of things. I've just been super lazy. <laughs> I just like extending that to we because it it sounds better <laughs> than I'm really famous and awesome and Sean yeah. just I don't know. You could just record an episode by yourself. Just leave me behind. You don't need all this rambling. <laughs> it would just be me sitting here going hmm as I read through the news. <laughs> the hmm show. We should have just hmm. called it that. So in in reading through the news, there was a couple of things that caught my eye that I wanted to talk about. One of which I was we were talking about just before we started recording, which was the um there's this new thing here in Nova Scotia where a company has figured out a way to basically take a, a radar I want to I want to be non-scientific and say a radar x-ray of the ground and find out what's in unmarked graves and some of no Nova Scotia's kind of old I say kind of old because if we ever had listeners from Europe they'd laugh at us because this country is pretty much only about 200 yeah. years as, of as Canada goes there wasn't much else before there was here yeah I mean we were, well, we were New, first was, in the there, yeah, direct there, line from the Vikings and all those for, people. first in, yeah there was I mean Newfoundland would also probably laugh because they had stuff there for quite a while before anywhere else but that's Newfoundland it, and they don't count it, it's a it's a weird thing to sort of brag about <laughs> our unmarked graves full of people with smallpox <laughs> and <laughs> dysentery we've got way older dead people than you do we have we have way more crimes against humanity on our soil yep so there was a quick thing about that, and then there was uh, another story I saw that I thought you might have been interested in, was, which is about Tesla has extended or is trying to make a supercharger route across from one end of Canada to the other. So I feel like we've gone back 100 years where they're trying to say, let's link up the whole of our expansive, ginormous country with not many people in it with train tracks. Yeah. And it feels like they're doing almost the same thing. Yeah. Well, they'll be, you know, 100 years from now, they're like, my grandfather went west working on the Tesla track. <laughs> And he's buried there in an unmarked grave, but it's okay, because we've got sonar now that we can figure out where. Mm-hmm. I I kind of wanted to bring up the baby it's cold outside thing. I'm not sure if that was a Canadian. I think that was a, it, it was North, like, it, it happened in the U.S. as well, where mm-hmm. some radio station said, we're no longer going to play baby it's cold outside, because some oversensitive people have told us that it's insensitive to play that because it's a date rape song. And then everyone <laughs> lost their minds. Trying yeah. to either defend it or double down on, yes, definitely date rate. I read a really good article that pretty much explained that it's just contextual. Well, is the short answer. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, here's the thing times change <laughs> and media changes. And I don't think, like, there was a big hullabaloo back, you know, probably when we were in school about, uh, like, Huckleberry Finn and other Mark Twain books. Yep. Because they use the N-word in a very flagrant manner. And that's not cool. We can't have our kids reading that kind of stuff. But I think the difference between saying get rid of that versus get rid of this sort of music is that Mark Twain explicitly wrote those books with that material as an indictment of people who were racist. Not because he was racist and everybody was racist and it's contextual of the time. He wrote that as an indictment of racism, not to expand upon racism. And whereas this the the context of that song and probably maybe even not that that, that specific song, but there's lots of media that was out at the time that, you know, treated women in a very different way than we are to treat women today. And just saying, Don't oh, well, that was treat women <laughs> like that. that. And just just the 
just saying, oh, well, you know, it, it was just a product of its time. And that's fine. I don't think we need to ban all of that stuff because that's the same thing that um, Disney did. And they actually said, you know, yes, we made racist cartoons. Here they are in their original format. They weren't, they're not appropriate now. They weren't appropriate then. We shouldn't have done this. But to deny that we wrote it and, and aired them like this is to deny that they ever existed. And, and know, it you... harms the story of being able to learn from a mistake. But and not, so, not even so much of a that, mistake, to means, learn from an overreaction. Here's the thing, though. It's like, do I don't think that that song should be banned in terms of, like, you can't buy it anymore, or you can't get it on iTunes, or you can't buy it on a Christmas CD. Maybe it shouldn't be aired on every station, and maybe a station being able to say, pick and choose what yeah. music that they're going to play is the way it needs to be. We can't. We, we shouldn't be saying, oh, we're going to ban that song, but maybe if that station wants to say, we don't really think that this song is appropriate anymore. We're not. We don't going think to it's a modern it. song, and so it's just not going to be in our playlist. It. I mean, yeah. you know, if there was things in Jingle Bells about you know subjugating women, if there was things, you know, it, it's going to be no different going into the future. I, I keep trying to think of, especially the line that I've never understood. Was it um, in in the meadow? We can build a snowman and pretend that he is Parson Brown. When I was a kid, I did not understand what a parson was. I didn't grow up in a hugely kind of religious big community, but so I thought Parson Brown was a person. Like Parson was the first name and Brown was the second name. So I thought, okay, I, I build a snowman and then pretend that he's a cute boy. I thought, fair enough. And then he'll say, "Are you married?" I'll say no man. So at this point, I didn't think that the person in the song was out with a with a romantic partner. I, I thought that they were just on by themselves and build a snowman with all their friends. And then this random dude and they pretend that the snowman is this random hot guy like, you know, Ryan uh, Philippe or whoever. And they and the snowman asks them, hey, I'm available. Do you want to get married? And they're like, no, I'm not married, but you can do the job while you're you can marry. You could get married to me while you're in town. And I thought, dang, <laughs> this song is raunchy. But apparently it was all about the fact that they would get the imaginary snowman to marry this two young couple in love for them. Yeah, I believe I was in my late 20s when I figured this whole thing out. Also, yeah. that was my other favorite uh, uh, Christmas song trivia question, is what is the name of the horse in Jingle Bells? Bob. Uh, Bobtail. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> oh, bell, bells on Bob's bells. tail rings. He doesn't just have the bells on his tail. They're, they're usually around the collar, and you can even, you know, you staple them onto the antlers or something. You make them all authentic and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> the antlers of the horse. The horse I turned the horse into a reindeer so quick. Oh, my <laughs> God. I got I got a whiplash from that. <laughs> you know, just, just hang the bells on the horse's antlers. Come yeah, on. Are you some kind of crazy you're, heathen? You're thinking of a unicorn. Boy, am I a city boy here. <laughs> What's that? That's a horse. If that's a horse, where's its antlers? Anyway, Christmas music. <laughs> Christmas. And the other the other thing about it, I was actually kind of happy when they said, oh, this is no longer going to be on the radio. I said, great. It's a crap song. Yeah. I hate that one. It's up there with um, Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Hate that one, too. And then there's an Elton John one that I also hate. What's that one? Uh, I don't remember. I, I honestly, I've, I've seen a bunch of posts saying, oh, this is every retail person's face whenever that Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas is You comes out. That song is awesome. It's at least got a good tune. There's so many newer ones. You know, not your not your Bing Crosby classics or 
things like that. But all of these newer newer ones made by the the, the rock and roll people in the eighties when they were trying to come up with new stuff. Mm. It ju- it just wasn't. <laughs> it was. I I don't know how they became popular because they just don't seem catchy. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's product of its time who knew like anybody being able to record a human voice on a wax cylinder was like witchcraft back then so yeah but and at, at the same you know taste is subjective so not yeah. everyone's musical tastes are the same as mine and fine and fair Most enough listen to whatever you want the same as yours but carry on but i did have a minor celebration when they said we're not gonna play this song anymore i went yay yay and then everyone lost their minds and then they said oh okay never mind we're gonna put it back on the air because uh, we're trying to anger the least amount of people getting angry at us right oh, it's now. It's so ridiculous. I mean, the thing is that a, a radio station needs to play what its audience needs wants to hear, but they're also... <sighs> I speak from the point of local radio, and I I know that if you're in a larger market, you probably have like a dozen radio stations to choose from. Even if you just go into Halifax, there's like a dozen stations. Oh, it's way more than there used to be, yeah. And and here we have three, four, if you count CBC, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like if you want to listen to music in the car, and your car is from 1983 when all they had was radio, then... Mm. And you don't have a tape deck, CD player, MP3 player, Bluetooth. <laughs> you can't, you can't all hum. of those things. You can't oh. hum really well. You know, it, it's, but the stations here are just, ugh. And I say that as somebody who, you know, it, it, my wife works at one and it's still, ugh. Anyway, moving, moving past radio before move, I get, move, before I get into that. Before we hate on radio just in general. All right. Uh, there was a couple of other. In case my mm, wife ever listens to this. That. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The other kind of big-ish story that's going on right now is Canada is going through a weird thing, and I I love this story because you and I have both not read much about it. All I've seen is like a couple of headlines where, as far as I can understand, so uh, the U.S. started some tariffs versus China, and then they got all angry, and now that's affected China's relationship with Canada, and then something else happened where a Chinese phone company we're upset with them because they're putting secret things in phones or phone networks so we don't want that to happen and then china said no no you have to keep using our phones and phone markets so now they're getting pissy with us and then all of a sudden there's some woman in china who's a canadian citizen and she disappeared last week i don't know much about who she is or what involvement she is as a canadian citizen she's a, she could be a journalist she could be a tech wizard i don't know who or what she is but apparently she's been missing and now everyone's saying well, how come canada isn't doing something about it and then everyone all the conspiracy theorists come out well that's because china you know chinese investments is the only thing keeping our economy afloat blah 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 blah, blah. houses in vancouver are too expensive Unfortunately, instead of reading the, reading the actual news, all I read is the opinions, <laughs> which is like the worst way to take in the news because everything else goes, I get all oh, my news blame the immigrants. Yep. So it's just all I'm reading is that lots of angry people are blaming immigrants and the fact that I think it mostly comes down to there are a lot of people in this country that are angry that people in other countries have more money than them. Yeah. Someone else's country's 1% has more money than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care. I know that other countries 1% is huge. I mean, there are oligarchs in Russia that have more money than I can even fathom. But I'm not, like, jealous. Yeah. It's it's a... I'm just kind of scraping the very... Like, doing my bare minimum of pre- preparation for this show, I'm, I'm now reading the news stories that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just kind of... I, it seems to me that there's nothing in here that you couldn't say, oh, you know, it's 
a different pile on the same day or same pile different day Mm. because it but the thing that seems to be for me that i'm kind of getting as a undercurrent here is that all of this is as it always has been however donald trump really likes to stir the pot and rattle his sword for two reasons one he thinks it makes you have more power in a negotiation Mm -hmm. and two he's trying to distract everyone from everything else and Mm -hmm. honestly I think he I I think he doesn't even realize how much the distraction is helping his case with his base. Hmm. Oh, I, I mean, don't think he's even trying to distract people. I it's just think, happening ab- accidentally. I think that Donald Trump is a is an interesting dichotomy. He's kind of a, a sort of a paradox because I fully believe that he is one of the stupidest people to have ever graced this green earth in a position of power. However, I th- also think that he is an absolute genius in how he can manipulate. He, he is a ma- he is he's just a puppet master, and the entire world I- is on a string. And he just man like everything. He everybody thinks he's the biggest idiot and it's like oh we don't have to worry about him because he's too stupid to actually do anything and that's the problem because we do well we absolutely do because i think he knows exactly what he's doing and every stupid thing he says every dumb tweet he puts out i think is very carefully orchestrated to 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 push your i think i think there is an undercurrent of him being extremely impetuous and childish underneath it all which sort of tempers it but mm-hmm. i think that he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows he he's he, he's like a a, a an, an excellent street magician doing close-up magic and you'd never understand where the 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 handkerchief went because he is so masterful at misdirection mm. and i know it's hard to take because for a long time i thought he was just the biggest like blowhard idiot on the planet but it, it's all the stories that i hear about where there are dozens of people and strategists trying to get him to do stuff and he keeps saying, nah, I'm just going to go wing it, where I because, feel like the, an, an overarching his, strategy isn't really his no, thing. Maybe not. He's maybe all about is, flying by the seat of my up. pants, making I it up as I go I think he is along. making this up as he goes along, but I think that those strategists are trying to make plans and strategies for the president of the United States, whereas he is making up strategies for Donald Trump. True. I think that he is doing everything in his power to better his position, and I don't think that... I think the presidency, the leading of the country, I think is 100% secondary to him furthering his own position for that, so that he'll be set up after the presidency. Because why do you think he's handing all of this stuff to all of his buddies? Because they're going to take care of him when he gets out of the presidency. Mm. I don't don't know. So many of them are being indicted and sent to jail. Like, I don't think Paul Manafort's going to have a wonderful job waiting when he he retires from politics. No, I'm not necessarily talking about his business, uh, entirely about his business. Uh, the other guys the guys that he gave a huge tax break to yeah and then there's also you know the russians and all of these other people who he's handing political power and and uh, that are you know but in in a in a stray from regular politics and out and outed outgoing politicians i find that he he doesn't seem the type who's going to accept a a position on the board at you know nikon or wherever he mm-hmm. he he wants to be the boss he mm-hmm. doesn't want to be part of a conglomerate so mm-hmm. i don't i don't think he's quite going to take that one i think he's just going to go back to being a loud guy on tv we'll see and just milk that until the day he dies mm. um there was a there was a story that I found. It was out just uh, just last week. 
it was a local, I will say, a, a Canadian member of parliament out west. Uh, I forget how far out west, but he is urging the removal of Sikh extremism, the, the reference to Sikh extremism from a terrorism report. Now, the guy's name is Randeep Sarai, so maybe Sikh uh, ideals are a little bit close to home for him. But basically, it, it, it's it's the kind of thing of, you know, I want this removed because it's insensitive to Sikh culture to bring up Sikh extremism. And I think, yeah, but that's sort of like saying, well, it's mean to Christianity to point out that there's a Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. I mean, they exist. They do mean stuff. And it's, I, I get what he's trying to do because whenever you say things like, if you say Muslim to the wrong person, they're going to immediately think, oh, that's a terrorist who crashed a plane into my building. Whereas that was just a very, very small fraction of Muslims worldwide. And it's a remarkably peaceful religion you know they're not it, it's not all one big holy war and that i i think well, that's what he's trying to do he's he's trying to remove the the parallels of terrorism with the sikh religion and as soon as someone says to me sikh i'm like yeah okay they're a bunch of cool dudes i i know a little bit about the the religion and how how that how that all works but no i don't think they're all a terrorist but maybe i'm in uh, maybe i'm in the minority maybe i'm the lower half of people so I get, I kind of get what he's trying to do, but this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the erasing of history. Like if you mm-hmm. just pretend that there were never any extreme extremists or terrorists working, and, and their 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 agenda was on behalf of of that religion, regardless of how close to the actual doctrine they were they were going. But that that was what they were represented by. And I think I think I think it's important to point out religious extremism because that's one of those things we sort of warn people away from. Like, okay, yeah, be a good law abiding citizen, be faithful, be faithful to your god but why don't we stop short from driving vans into crowds of people Hmm. could we do that could we can can we go to church on sundays and not want to stab everyone who doesn't i I I feel like there's a big enough middle area you and i both know i mean i I know you're 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 saying that as a as an extreme example for comedic effect but i mean we, we both know that by and large the vast vast majority of people who who subscribe to any particular religion are not violent extremists like most of the people that are going to you know the the the, the church down the road here in cowtown nova scotia are mm-hmm. not about to go and start lynching people or you know protesting at um the funerals of fallen soldiers and other yeah. things that christian extremists are known to do mostly in the united states and i i love every now and then i know i know it's pushing for clickbait but a, a bunch of news outlets whenever a, a you know a big disaster or some kind of thing happens i always see this oh this local mosque has donated a lot of funds to mm-hmm. you know, like the the boss the boston marathon bombings mm-hmm. you know that that happened and no one was really sure who it was behind and like two or three different um, r- religious centers in the city. They said, oh, and they've donated a lot of money and they've come in and brought lots of volunteers to the hospitals. I think that's a cute, that's a great story to put out there. It's just everyone calm down and remember <laughs> that we're not all crazy. And it's nice that the media also reports on that. Mm. I'm going to say a thing extended to that, but I forget. It was something that you, you were saying and it, it made me think of three things and I've forgotten two of them. <laughs> Man. Getting old, buddy. Yeah, I think so. It was about... <sighs> was about the religious portion of it because I felt like we could expand to into kind of the religious religious talk and I think we've we've touched on it once or twice where it comes to you know ethics and kind of doing your own thing and even though ever oh right now I remember what I was going to say it was it was about 
how er earlier re religious wars maybe in, in human history could be easily uh, equated to racism because oftentimes the once you went far enough you know once you got to africa or once you got to the new world and they were the na the natives the natives there they looked so different from you you're like you're different and they say oh yes we believe in uh, the great sky god of uh, amu rethtaket or something like that and you say whoa <laughs> you're so different and and so you start these ho these huge wars and you're like they're because they're not Christian, then we have to fight and stab them. Well, and you get in a war. Yeah, humans are extremely tribalistic, right? I mean, it used to be when there was few enough people, it was you and your family versus every other family. And then we came together into communities, and it was you and your community against every other community. And eventually, you get to the point now, you know, where it's you and your country versus every other country, or you and other people who look like you versus everybody else within your country who doesn't look like you. And I and think... One of the reasons that that people um are against multiculturalism in general is because no one want when 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 uh, you know a, a black person and a white person they get they they get together and they have kids who are sort of in in the middle and everyone's like well now I don't know who to be afraid of or or if it's a war on I don't know who to shoot I don't know who to do this to racism made it easier to have a war that guy mm -hmm. has a different skin color than me shoot him in the face which is why. For the life of, for my entire life, I have never, ever understood Nazi Germany, and and I I don't get anti-Semitism because, and maybe it's just that I'm 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 a dude, and I have always struggled. You know, girl girl says, "Oh, did you notice my new hair?" I'm like, "No, I did not notice your new hair." I day to day, I don't know what you look. So people are always saying, "Oh." What does a Jewish person look like? like it's not even about people... appearance. It's about it's about the community you're involved in. Look at the same thing that happened in the states in the 50s and 60s. If you were a communist, you were you were lynched. It's like a, what does but a communist how? look like? Exactly. So people are saying, "Oh, that guy! Oh my God, he looks he looks so Jew like." People just assume, "Oh, you're obviously Jewish." And the I thing look, is, though, is it Jewish? And I'm like, Jewish is, is different oh. because I mean, if you're Jewish. You're 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 either uh, Jewish by descent, either like you're 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 descended from right. Jewish people, in which case you're going to have you know Jewish features. You're going to, but on the other hand, there's also people who are Jewish by choice or by you know yeah. family or. And the thing and is, that's the thing is, they were afraid of the Jewish religion, not necessarily the Jewish people. So if you were a practicing Jew, then you know you're going to go to a temple somewhere. You're going to be you know, you're, 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 it's not hard to, to tell a practicing Jew from, a, from, you know, not from someone who's not that, but like so, on the street, like in a cafe, you see two people standing and you're like, Oh, that well, guy's no, obviously but I mean, Jewish. These people I, exactly I have no idea how to identify that. But, but the thing is that this, this was, this wasn't just a, a group of people who came into town and we were like, Oh, any, any Jews around here? I mean, this was the government, right? So, I mean, they <laughs> Show knew me to Jew town. That's they had records on people. They knew who was going to temple. They knew who was doing that. But, the, but with the, the communist thing in the States, the red scare was so much more of a witch hunt because all you had to do was accuse your neighbor of being a commie and they were gone. You know, like there was no, there mm. was no, you know, it, it literally was the exact same as the it, witch hunts new, in, in new England, you know, it Spanish was, inquisition. even. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, all you do, you know, if you were, you didn't like somebody else in town, oh, she's a witch and you know what there, she's probably going to be burned at the stake. So, yep, you know, you, out. but anyway, I, I have just always had a huge problem. Yeah, you know, you're you're walking down the street. And, oh, we're gonna round up all the Jews, and I think 
How? You know, they look remarkably... The, the, and whenever I meet someone or I have a friend, I've had friends that I've known years and years and years go by, and then it just kind of comes out, oh, yeah, my family's Jewish, and I'm, I'm just, oh, interesting. And then I'm, like, racking my imagination, looking at them, saying, what? what is, you know, how, how am I supposed to be able to... Should I have known up until then? Like, is there... Do you have... A, a, <laughs> cartoonishly large earlobes is that a thing that i'm supposed to be looking for you just you don't look like if someone says oh you know my family's from africa it's a little bit obvious when someone says that they're from africa is it because sally was from africa well is that as well (laughs) she 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 came from the what's a nice way of saying racist part of africa (laughs) south africa that's the one yeah so yeah but and these these I I don't I don't get I don't get wars like that when the other side looks exactly the same as you. Well, I mean, and I just think how terribly inconvenient. Like that's the kind of war I would not sign up for. If well, who would sign up? This is why I love science. I I love science fiction because the aliens land. I know who to shoot. You know, I know who to fire my gun at. They're the seven foot tall things with gray skin and no mouth. The thing is, though, is that a a war between two different looking people really hasn't happened for, you know, in modern historic times. I mean, World War One, World War Two. I mean, I guess you could speak for like the Korean War and and Vietnam. But because, you know, but but there was people there was people. And that's really what riled up racism again. We're like, oh, you look different from me and you're angry. We got to shoot you. you. but then we had, you know, even in, in World War Two, there were people who were of uh, Japanese descent fighting for the Americans because they had been American for, you know, X number of, of generations by the time World War Two came around. Or came but around back the- home, you're getting super bullied. Sure, and, and your your family is likely rounded up and put into put into internment camps. And I mean, and we can we can badmouth the states all day long safety about hotel that, but well we, we did the we did the exact same thing that's a funny thing about the underground railroad i love it, it, it's one of those uh hipsterism things that you do at parties when someone says well the underground rail canada's so wonderful for rescuing slaves from the united states and, yeah, and we, you, we just, you just lean in you say with, we didn't have a problem with black people and that was about it <laughs> But it wasn't even that. It was that the Underground Railroad actually went both ways. Yeah. Illegal slaves in Canada were escaping into the United States because the laws were just different. Once you cross a border, you're no longer property and you take your chances in Wisconsin. Yep. And I hope that's not the last time in my life I say that sentence. (laughs) I kind of doubt it will be. (laughs) Um, We'll we'll move on into... into another one in fact this this uh kind of goes along with the religious talk because i think i just put this in there there was a quote about it but this was the uh, the cemetery viewing with the uh so they're they're looking at some of the old-fashioned cemeteries is specifically within nova scotia this company and and they want to find out some more information about the unmarked graves my joke before we started uh recording was oh we're gonna find out what's in this unmarked grave ping 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 and it comes back well look, it's a skeleton neat i don't think I don't see how a, a radar ping of a sort of underground sonar is going to tell you much more than that's a human. Well, I mean, if you have a, if you, I don't know exactly what the technology is going to provide, but if you have like a, what would be like an x-ray of a skeleton, so you have a picture of a, of a skeleton in an unmarked grave, you can tell like male, female, approximate age, stuff mm. like that. But that's, it's not going to be all like, oh, that's Jimmy Hoffa, but... <laughs> There he is. It, yeah, I'm, there I'm he gonna is. look under this rock. I'm gonna look under these rocks. Stick me thumb in his butthole. But uh, no, I mean it would be it would be able to tell you. Oh, look, there's a grave with you know a whole bunch of men of a certain age, or you know mostly women, or something. So yeah. it, it would give you some data, but no, it's not going to be like yeah, we just we can find anybody anywhere. 
The other thing was finding out this uh, particular technology, and I and I thought, well, why don't they take that and go on over to the the our most famous local sort of treasure buried buried treasure mystery was the whole Oak Island thing, and I'm not even sure at what state they're at. But I, I think we've talked about that before. Maybe not on the show, but you and I have we talked about it. We probably have because it sounds like something I would go off on a rant about because you Oak have, Island yep. drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> it's it a is, tourism thing. I'm happy is, for it being a tourism thing. It's that's, great. Uh, but, I mean, they've ruined that natural environment. And, well, there's that, yeah. And it's just, there's nothing there. There never was. But it, someone uh, thinks that some... <laughs> pirate i don't even remember the name of the person or whoever it was buried some treasure left a thing behind saying here it is or did he even or was it just i mean are we really eighth hand information where some <laughs> some old uh, cabin boy said oh he said he was leaving it on oak well, island and then what happened originally it originally was discovered by these two dudes who were supposed to be out fishing and they were dicking around and they were on this island and hey let's go check out that island and they found this what they said was a depression in the soil and there was a tree that supposedly had some marks on it from what would have been like block and tackle to lower something down into a hole and they wasted the whole day there digging holes trying to find stuff and went home and said oh i don't know what's going on there's all this stuff out there and then people went out and then it became a huge thing whereas well, because they kept finding traps didn't they they kept digging well, downward you keep if you actually read the thing and you take a if you if you pick apart the story there's nothing in there what they kept finding is they would dig down they'd find a bunch of logs they'd break through the logs they'd dig down they'd find a bunch of logs it's a natural sinkhole i bet you in a hundred years if you started digging in oxford you'd probably find the same thing because trees start, fall into the sinkhole let's start spreading a rumor that some treasure fell into the oxford sinkhole that's right and in a hundred years we'll, we'll be hell of just laugh because people will still oh. be trying to dig into the oxford sinkhole going or just keep filling up with water it must be a pirate <laughs> trap it's, it's magic it's an island and you're digging below sea level. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> anyway, you, you go go in yourself and research some stuff about Oak Island. There are a lot of people around here that really love it. I, I think it's cool. Treasure hunters all show up and they're like, oh, this is the best treasure. It was an interesting story until they made a TV show out of it. And every episode ends with, oh, are you going to find the treasure? Tune in next week to find out. We're definitely going to find it. Dramatic music. <laughs> I'm on episode two of 16 in this entire series. I don't think they're going to find it in episode three. No, they are never they going to coming. find it. There is nothing there. But uh, yeah, if if they bring in this um this cool sonar technology where the guys are flying drones with uh, with sonar cameras, that could be kind of neat. Yeah, they'll find that there's uh, nothing there. That there's nothing there. But nobody will believe and... it because what'll oh. happen is that oh the pirates are the ones that rigged those drones to to, mm. to make it look like there wasn't anything there. <laughs> Pirate drones. Pirate drones. I think the other thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the show because I I always try to make sure that I that we talk about the things that that are at the beginning is the Tesla Trans Canada supercharger route. Did you look at that? I actually saw the link that you posted and mm. I was all, who is this guy? Because that's my thing. But uh, no, I did not because <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm going to go read it now. You talk. All right. So effect effectively, it's just Tesla announcing that they're going to put enough charge stations often enough. And I think the big problem that I gleaned from it 
that had happened previously was Northern Ontario is just a wasteland of mm. no, don't drive your electric car through here because mm-hmm. you'll get owned. Yeah, pretty much everything. You can from... drive from one end of Canada to the other with your electric car because there will be a charge station often enough that it won't mm. leave you high and dry. Yeah, pretty much everything from like Calgary to, to you know, middle of Ontario. Maybe Hamilton. Is, is currently nothing. Um, this is interesting. However, being that it's Tesla, my first instinct is that it's probably not actually going to happen. And hmm. my second instinct is... It probably shouldn't because Tesla is, I mean, they're still very much number one in terms of uh, like dollars and stuff like that in terms of how of in, in for EV sales. But I don't think that they're going to do that for much longer. And a Tesla charger is only good for a Tesla vehicle. Um, whereas. Oh, so wait, the, the charge doesn't work for another vehicle. It depends on what type of charger they are. If it's if it's going to be, yeah, they're saying the supercharger route. So the Tesla supercharger stations are only usable on a Tesla vehicle and only a Tesla vehicle that they have deemed is still allowed to use their charger. So anything with a rebuilt or a salvage title, anything that has, um, for an, a, a number of reasons, Tesla could just blacklist your vehicle from their supercharger network. Okay, so even if they do or don't go through with this, are you saying that in like Manitoba... There are no there's very charge stations little. or just yeah, yeah. So you basically have to make it from capital city <clears throat> to capital city. Well, let me go have a look right now. You can, there's a there's a website called plugshare.com and it is exactly what you think it is, where you can zoom in on an area and see where now there's chargers. There's a supercharger in Kenora. Ontario, which is very near the Woodland Caribou Provincial Park, right along the Trans-Canada, almost to uh, Manitoba. Yeah, and... once you go west of Toronto, I stop care. Actually, no, I, I can get to Thunder Bay in my imagination, and then I assume that Manitoba is right there. Mm, I don't actually know. But I think there's, in fact, a 12-hour drive through northern Ontario. Anyway, a couple, like maybe a few hundred kilometers from from the Manitoba border, there's a supercharger at a Scotiabank. Then there's not another supercharger, or fast charger, rather, a a DC fast charger, until you get to Winnipeg. There's a couple of, actually, no, there's nothing. Along the number one, or the the Trans-Canada Highway, there is no charger from Kenora, Ontario to Winnipeg. So let's go see how... It so is only has, seven, seven and a half hours drive from Thunder yeah, Bay there, to Winnipeg. There is no, not bad. There's, there's nothing once you get out there. I mean, you're, you're not surprising. It's a, it's a big, flat wasteland with nothing, and it's kind of... Are you saying you wouldn't want to go to Eagle Dogtooth Provincial Park? Yeah, no. Um, and, and also, I mean, really, you're getting awfully close to, oh, okay, no, that's actually less distance than I thought. It's only about a, a 210 kilometer, uh, drive from Kenora to Winnipeg. So that's well within the, the, uh, yeah. the range well, of, of a bolt. Not, you wouldn't do it in a leaf. You you could do it easily in a bolt or a, um, any of the tests. 210 kilometers. Um, that seems like a low number. What's that? That's just, that, I mean, that's like two hours highway driving and boom, yeah, you're out. Two hours and 14. Well, that from Kenora to Winnipeg is two two hours and 14 minutes. Because uh, oh, Winnipeg right. is kind of in the bottom right of uh, Winnipeg, of Manitoba. Um, but yeah, and there's... Then you got your Thunder Bay and then Sudbury. <clears throat> you know, I would expect something to be in Sudbury, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know actually where any of these places you're talking about are. <laughs> in I'm, I'm just having a look at the map right now. But I, th- these are towns that I have heard of. So yeah, I guess the question is: Without this supercharger, you know, Tesla announcing we're going to connect Canada, yeah, could you do it? Could you drive your electric car from here to Victoria? 
Absolutely. You could, that, and people have done it. There's a, a boltacrosscanada.com or something is, a, is like a blog site of a guy who has done it several times in his Chevy Bolt. Um, cool. The thing is, there, there's two kinds of chargers. We're getting into the weeds here a little bit with EVs. There's two kinds of chargers that you'll use outside of your home. There's a level two charger and a level three charger. A level three charger is the fast DC charger that'll give you like an 80% charge in an hour. Mm. And the level two charger is an overnight charger. It'll give you like a charge from empty to full in like nine hours on a bolt, more or less, depending on the size of your battery. But like what, what you're saying is it you can't really drive for all day and then you, recharge overnight. You would be hard pressed because Winnipeg to Medicine Hat is the next leg. And that's considerably longer. I mean, that's all the way across Saskatchewan, most of the way across Winnipeg and, you know, a fair chunk into Alberta. So you'd be hard pressed to do that in one go. You'd probably have to drive as far as you could, then find a, a, an L2 charger at a, at a hotel, plug in, you know, crash, get up the next morning, and continue. So, I mean, it can be done. However, it's, it's not easy. And for the most part, it's only from w- Eastern Alberta to Western Manitoba. There's a few green... Uh, level two chargers but there's almost nothing for level two charging for level three charging which is what tesla's superchargers will be and again if they were there's two kinds of chargers from tesla which is these the destination charger and their supercharger their supercharger network is what they're building and that's what rams the uh charge into your car as absolutely as fast as possible and it's only compatible with tesla vehicles the destination chargers are just kind of regular level two chargers that happen to have a Tesla plug on the end of it. And if you buy the adapter, then you can use that with a bolt or a leaf or whatever it is you want to plug it into. Hmm. Um, the thing that Tesla is doing is, of course, they're, uh, they're, they're building the razor blades in order to sell you the, the handle sort of thing or the other way around. They're, they're building the handle to sell you the blades. Well, they're, and... they're doing the thing that everyone was mad at electric cars for not doing. They said, well, why, yeah. why should I buy your electric car if there's nowhere to charge the damn thing? The bottom line is that Tesla really wants to be Apple. They want, because they want to lock you in with their, the business practices are astonishingly similar in terms of locking you into their hardware, their maintenance, their charging network in order to give you the quote unquote walled garden experience where oh, everything <laughs> quote unquote just works. And I mean, from a certain standpoint, I, I can understand that. But also, maybe I don't want to be fully reliant on on you. Maybe I want to be able to get my car repaired somewhere else. Maybe I want to be able to buy the parts to repair my car myself. And they are 100% opposed to that and are only now slowly starting to introduce such things because of legislation, the the right to repair legislation that they're currently being hit with really hard on the legal front because there is i'm not sure what it is in in canada in the states there's what they call right to repair legislation where you as an owner have a legal right to repair your own vehicle so they have to provide you with the service manuals to be able to do it they have to be able to provide you with the parts to be able to do it (laughs) that would be hilarious and that's tesla is not doing that currently or they they are now but they really don't want to like you have no to want, be, yeah. It's, <clears throat> no one wants you to be able to open up your your iPhone and just tweak a little thing. And no, but with cars, the legislation exists that you have to be able to do that. Like you, like GM can't make a vehicle that they require you. Like they can't make something that has this special tool that only a GM guy has access to and you have to take your car to gm in order to do it or or they can't do things like you you know if you if you repair this vehicle 
at somewhere else, we're going to void your warranty. They're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. It's, but it, ele- electronic companies do that because they're all like, oh, if, if this opens, then it voids no, the warranty. 100%. It, but that's not... This is this That's is, different from a car. This is just... This legislation only applies to car manufacturers. Huh. But yeah, there's, there's laws to say, you know, every part that's in your car, you have to be able to purchase from the dealer. And so, having gone through that, yeah, that's that's a whole bunch of fun. That particular... They don't have uh, to make it cheap, but they have to make it available. Yeah. Um, I was... Uh, <laughs> I had a really weird segue plan for this one, but I'm not going to do it. Because <laughs> when you were talking about uh, you, you don't want to be locked into one specific company hmm. for, for, for Tesla, and I was going to say, yeah, kind of like, you know, because if, if everything suddenly goes um, totally squirrely because Elon Musk gets... Uh, out, outed as either a total, I don't know, anti-semi-Nazi sympathizer or communist, yeah, communist child pornographer or something like that. <laughs> then that, then yeah, all of a sudden you're like, well, okay, this company's gone, and your car and this entire infrastructure is boned. And then I was gonna say, speaking of uh, ch- child objectification, I can I can move on and segue through from that and child uh-huh. predators. So. Uh-huh. So speaking, speaking of uh, and and that and the performances that I've been involved in the last two weeks. Oh, so two weeks, uh, two weeks ago. Wait, no, just yeah, the two whatever weekend that was. That was the first weekend of uh, December, I think. I w- was involved in a performance uh, about an hour away. <clears throat> that was a local dance group, and they were performing the Nutcracker. It happens every year. There's like nine different performances in about a five five mile radius. But as I was going through it, and this has happened to me several times in my life. This happened to me when I started coaching softball up at the local high school. Where was just something because my kid said, hey, we don't have a coach this year. I said, okay, cool. And I and they said, oh, yeah, and in order to do that, you need to go and get your, um, your criminal record check done. I said, cool. All right, I'm happy to do that. Got my criminal record check, went in. I'm standing there in the lobby of the high school holding my criminal record. I'm like, does anyone... <laughs> Anyone want to look at? Hello, hello. Anyone want to make sure I'm not crazy? Any anyone, anyone want to make sure I'm not here to steal your? Tr- does, does anyone want to see that? The second like everyone left for the day, and there's kids all trying to get to their buses. I'm and I'm standing there, and I'm getting worried about who I could be. You know, or I'm standing there. I, I <laughs> this is this is absolutely crazy. And I found myself doing that exact same thing a week ago because a friend of mine just sent out a, a message to all that we we do some theater stuff around. It was a theater company. He said, "Oh, I'm, I I have a good friend who runs a dance company out and uh, out the other way, and he, they're looking for someone to play." Uh, this this role of the Godfather who comes and brings presents, and usually every year that's the one person in the show who isn't a dancer. And I said, well, okay, I'm not doing anything that weekend. Sure, I love, I I enjoy the Godfather. I think the music's awesome, and I like stuff like that. My kid especially enjoys. Uh, we go to see a, a version of the ballet every now and then. So I said, ah, you might as well come and watch me for a change. That'd be fun. So I go out there, and then we go through the rehearsals, and I'm learning all this kind of thing. I'm slowly learning a few of the kids' names, but this is so I'm, and it's it's a ballet group. And it's a competitive ballet group, and they uh, have dancers between the ages of 5 and 18. Let that one soak in. So then, because it's a dance group, I'm there with 107 girls between the ages of 5 and 18, and two dudes who would pretty much set off nearly anyone's gaydar and and that and that's just, so it's two dudes me and a bunch of young girls and i'm so, and because i'm me i don't think anything of i there is nothing that you know kind of triggers advantageously oh yeah getting ladies no it, because i'm like oh i'm with a bunch of kids fun and it doesn't really dawn on me until we're on a dress rehearsal and i'm gonna stand in backstage and there is nowhere to stand 
So I just, you know, I just got my hands crossed in front of me and I'm just kind of looking, looking straight down. And then I realize, okay, I am, yeah, within a 10 foot radius, there are about 30 young, young girls between 13 and 17. This is like the opening scene. And they're all wearing these tight leotards and things. I'm like, wow, this is one of those things that either I can never tell anyone that I'm in this situation or I I just I feel like I should be under some sort of security camera right now but it's it's like pitch black because it's backstage or theater magic and whenever whenever I hear things about you know theater things going going sour like Kevin Spacey's stories and all the this is this is what happens in theater and in movies and the movie industry I'm like it's it it feels like we're anyone to take advantage of I don't even want to call it an opportunity because it doesn't even seem like one I'm just I'm in a dark room with a lot of young children and no one asked me anything other than hey you do plays why don't you come be in a play and again it makes me afraid of who again i could be i know who i am but i i worry about it if they asked someone else Hey, don't you have a brother that d- that would like to be in the Nutcracker? Boy, do I. Yeah, let's get to... Uh, I'm trying to think of a name that I don't want to ruin their lives with. Uh, Trevor. I've never... No, no, I know, I know nice My Trevor. brother, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, my brother. But, bring bring in Kevin Spacey. So this, this is this, a discussion... Uh, just to, to interject, this is, this is a discussion that I've actually had with people before about um my wife especially she's she's somewhat of a a worst case scenario sort of person and she sort of assumes that everybody is some level of evil until proven otherwise and i think we're known as catastrophizers yeah and and she says to me i'm like you know why are you even worrying about that and she said well i'm just a realist i'm like that's not really realistic like you know i'm because i say she's pessimistic i'm not pessimistic i'm realistic it's like well here's the thing though it's like how many times have you ever been killed in your your life <laughs> so I, the assumption that everybody is trying to kill you or you know you substitute whatever situation you want there mm. it's it's kind of like obviously yes bad things do happen and i don't mean to to hand wave that away when we were growing up i mean there were stories about you know oh don't get into a van with strange people oh don't take candy from strangers and stuff like that but there wasn't this level of fear that exists today this this level of of panic um on the part of you know parents and and just in general um i don't think it's people say oh you know the world's a different place today it's a dangerous place like i don't think the world has changed i think that our reaction to it and our um, perception of it our perception of it and our and our our desire to insulate ourselves from the world because god forbid we ever have to expose ourselves to anything negative um but i don't think that i guess it's a it's a good news story where they don't have a lot of paranoia around that you know i'm not standing in the middle of a, of a dark room saying boy look at all these kids just itching to get molested it's so but, easy no it, it i don't, a, I don't think anyone's, thing no one's they don't, asking for that yeah, it's nice that they don't feel that they need to have that level of paranoia but on the other mm-hmm. hand i think that you're correct in that if you're having ostensibly a stranger come in to be in your production with a bunch of children maybe you should at least do the bare minimum of due diligence especially given that you were standing there with paper in hand that would have proven that you're not uh, or, or at least getting, that you getting asked for that proper you, document yeah. that's just one of my little pet peeves I'm sort of like come on guys you know you asked me for this let's yeah, let's you, follow you have through. the paper that proves that you haven't yet been shown to be a uh, a terrible person yeah and, and so another part of me is sort of thinking well you know maybe you know i i come in and i shake and i shake the hand of the director and she says oh yeah come on over here we'll get you suited up 
maybe I'm a very fortunate person that I just give off an appropriate non-molesty vibe. I can tell you from experience that you do not. Okay, yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear this. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just the worst thing in the world where as soon as someone meets you, oh, everyone, this is this is Jeff. And everyone looks at Jeff and goes, ooh. Jeff's like, what? Well, come on, what? <laughs> Every time. Yeah, you know well, what we call Jeff, guys that look... are like that? Ian. Mm-hmm. You look a little molest. Maybe you should lose. It, it, okay, if you're gonna have that particular posture and those that taste in clothes, maybe lose the bow tie. All I'm saying. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just saying. It's 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 not you know it, it, it's not one thing. It's a combination of a few. So yeah. somehow maybe I just don't come off as incredibly molesty, which I I'm I'm happy I'm happy to own that. I will. I wouldn't wear say that. incredibly molesty. <laughs> <laughs> appropriately molesty. Yeah, just, just a slightly appro- just, just slightly above appropriate level of molesty. <laughs> what? One of those? Ooh! Did he just brush my hand? One, one of those. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. And entry level molestation. <laughs> so uh, many good band names we're coming up names. with here. <laughs> These are so excellent. Actually, that that led to something that I was thought of because we had a we we recently had the National Day of Remembrance, an anniversary of the. Um, uh, massacre at Ecole Polytechnique, which an angry male went into a women's or went into an engineering school and said, "There's too many women here," and just wanted to shoot up the place. And I don't remember all the details, but I'm thinking 27 deaths. Oh, it sounds bad that I that I don't know that. But at the same time, we we have we have International Women's Day, and we have these days of remembrance, and we have the the, the red dress initiative for all the you know, the um um. Fifteen. Uh, the na- native native women's who who go, who go missing. I think that that was out west. Was that BC or Alberta? I don't remember. But just uh, so so these movements to draw attention to how women are kind of not getting the short end of <laughs> society here. But what always happens is I see a lot of and and this I, I see this in my friends. They're sort of oh, it's International Women's Day, and I'm here. I am making sure that women get. I, I'm a I'm a good person, and I'm pointing out that it's International Women's Day, and everyone should be good to women today. And I'm going to change my Facebook profile, and here we go. Yay, women go women. And I'm like, yeah, but you're a dude. Do we do we even have a right to say that? And I it it would feel like I I, I don't I don't want to be a straight man walking in a gay pride parade because one it's not that it feels disingenuous it feels like i'm just not the person who deserves to celebrate yeah we've just we've discussed this before without the history the shared history of oppression it's kind of like you're 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 bandwagon hopping kind of thing and you know and then that turns to the other conversation at at what point are you hopping on the bandwagon and so how much can you support because i feel like you know what yes Women have been shot for going to engineering school. Native women have been kidnapped and raped and killed just because some person or persons thought that they were worthless humans. And I I don't agree with that. So how do I come out and say, this should stop happening, but not make it all about me? Because that's what I feel like some of these are. They're all like, everyone notice how much I support women. Yeah, it's a virtue like, signal. Yeah, I, I think this. Dude. I think the. Sto- I think the 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 ultimate thing that you need to do as a you know straight white male is to just stop shooting and and killing people and then just be quiet about that. And I think that'll make the difference. Ugh. <laughs> Sounds hard. <laughs> right, slow down, slow down. What was the first thing again? Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Something about shooting and killing people. I don't Something know. Something about shoot. Okay, shoot more people. Got it. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on top of that. But that that comes up pretty pretty often, where especially if there's a there's a huge uh, even just an attack on Jewish people in France, and and everyone changes their Facebook profile to be the, with the the French flag on top of it. Oh, it's so bad for France. All my thoughts and prayers are going over there. Everyone noticed that my thoughts and prayers are with the people of France and Paris. Look at how much I care about things. Like, no, I think now now is the time for you to shut up and for Paris and France to say, here are the things that we are doing and everyone, we're, we're doing well. And let's say, all right, if you have a million dollars, if you're a billionaire and, and you're watching this on the news and you say, huh, they don't uh, they don't appear to have enough, I don't know, insulin. I'll I'll write a check, call the delivery guy. Yo, send send insulin to Paris. He goes like, uh. Dude, that's going to be a lot of insulin. Oh, no, 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 money is no object. I'm, I'm rich. Send all the insulin. We got to help these people. Do that. But if you are like me and you don't have you know, a lot of disposable income to donate hundreds of thousands to charity on an annual basis, your thoughts and prayers aren't enough. <laughs> so just kind of shut up. Yeah. And let... I mean, if, that's the thing is if you legitimately care about something, then, you know, help. But yeah. if, raising, if they're raising next awareness, door... raising awareness can help. But you know what? It, it, it's the the your, your little change in your your you're putting a filter on your on your profile picture that, that for really your hundred and seven friends on that Facebook really doesn't and... raise awareness. That no. that's like that's that, that is a hundred percent virtue signaling. That's like look at how much I care. Look at how how good of a person I am. It's like hey, if you don't have a lot of money, send twenty bucks over there to you know the Red Cross or whoever it is that needs money over there. Yeah, but otherwise, so why, yeah. Move when on. I look at a situation like that, I th- I think, oh, this is the thing. This is horrible. I don't know what to do. I will eventually come back. You know, I will go through the quick things of: Do I have hundreds of thousands of dollars to send there? Nope. All right. What else? Do I have two weeks off work and a plane ticket to go over there and physically, you know, pile the sandbags in front of the oncoming flood? Nope. Don't got that either. All right. Do I have any influence on like politicians or people who could get anything done? Nope. Then I'm gonna go with nothing. Cause just, just, just be, just be a human. Breathe. Sit in the background. And it, it's happened all the time when I'm in the theater. Don't get in the way. <laughs> I'm not doing anything right now. All right. I need to stay out of the way of the people who are getting stuff done. My thoughts and prayers are not enough right now. Yeah. And I'd, so just keep my thoughts and prayers to myself. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it feels a bit judgy and mouthy to be, like, I'm better than everyone else because I keep my opinions to myself. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's it's not and I so am kind of saying I, that. I don't think we need to judge people <laughs> that do that, but I do think that we need to be aware that that is a thing and and virtue signaling, I mean, it, it happens and people do it and it, it makes people feel good about themselves. And it's just because that we've, it's no different than when I was a kid, people used to, you know, put a quarter in the thing for the Red Cross or, or the, the Salvation Army or whoever was gathering money at Christmas time. Yep. And it's like, would you do that if people didn't see you do it? You know, there was no Facebook to, to, to look at how good of a person I am. It's where yeah. so you do it with an insignificant amount of money. I, and- I still hear about the occasional an anonymous donation happened. You do hear that every now and then. Yeah, and that's the thing is those are people that legitimately care about something, not just because it you know makes them look good. And but whatever, there, there, whatever gets awareness and money for things that need it. But there was something really cool that happened. This was way back in the days. The British uh, Prime Minister, I think his name was David Campbell. He's the one before Gordon Lightfoot Brown. Yeah, 
Prime Minister of UK, Gordon Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot, <laughs> yeah. Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> He's up there in front. Someday you'd better take care <laughs> if I find the honourable member of the opposition creeping round my back stair. <laughs> There's a dumb joke that no one will get. But, so David uh, David Cameron, I think was was his name. This is a long time ago. He was uh, a con- he was a the con- of the Conservative Party. He was voted in the Conservative Party, and they were voted in on you know keep taxes low and punish criminals and blah 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 blah. He was later interviewed. And I, I forget where I read the story. He was later later interviewed, and they said, yeah, we actually did a lot of um, uh, uh, we put a lot of money and organization into a lot of social programs and never told anyone about it and he said we did that on purpose because he didn't think they would get voted in if his base that got him voted in found out that they were putting forth a lot of budgeting into soup kitchens and homeless shelters and it was showing like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds dollars however you want to you want to come towards it were just quietly getting put in place to organize these programs and they were staying quiet about it because they were worried that their conservative base would be all don't help the homeless they need to pick up their bootstraps. I'm British. This is my British voice creeping around my back stair. I've lost the joke. <laughs> uh, but I, I I, was fascinated by that story at the time. This is probably, well, yeah, David Campbell dates it, but it was maybe uh, 10, 15 years ago. And I, I just thought that's fascinating that this dude finally got to a position of power, but because of his voting base, he was like, oh, we want to do good things? Well, we better be quiet about it then. I like stuff like that. Yeah. Even though it also worries me slightly <laughs> because then there's an enormous group of people that are showing up at every election that honestly don't... They, they think that soup kitchens and homeless shelters are just full of lazy people who can't be bothered putting in a, a an honest day's work. Yeah. But then that's just making assumptions and judging. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's what we do. Because everyone that's, is stupid. That's pretty much the entirety of this podcast. Yay! Judging people and talking about stuff we don't understand. Yep, but trying to sound smart and uh, sort of <laughs> self-gratifying about it at the same time. Entirely. And if you don't like it, you can send us a message. You can tweet us at Sean and Ross or Sean and Ross Podcast at gmail.com. We did check the fan mail before going on today, and there was nothing. So we've, we've gotten one s- so far. This is if you want us to stop 17? mouthing off about, if you want us to stop mouthing off about stuff that we don't know about, tell us. Because otherwise, we're just gonna keep on doing it. And also, on another note, sorry that the episode is late, but again, busy, busy timing. But Very we'll be good. back on. Uh, we'll hopefully be back on time in two weeks because that is, I think, that's that's near the Christmas one. So we can we can. Uh, rant more about Christmassy things then. Ooh, that'll be some good that. stuff. Lots of good religious, uh, more religious to come. Other than that, baby, it's cold outside. Who would win in a fight? A can-do nuclear reactor or Thanos?